So it's Michael here from the Sea Change Business Podcast, a short little podcast we do quite regularly talking to business owners who happen to find themselves in sea change or holiday towns. I am delighted today to be joined by Mel Orams from Miko Makrami. Now, we've been playing together for the last few weeks, haven't we, Mel? Yes, we have. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, um, and Mel's one of those people I thought, oh, I just want to get her on my show. She doesn't live in Yamba, but I'm sure I can find a way of getting her on so we can find a little bit more about her. Um, So, officially, welcome to Sea Change Business Podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So, um, Every superhero has a backstory. <laughs> so how in in um, less than 45 minutes, Okay. Um, how did you end up in this area and how did you learn about macrame and what did you done, done before that? Okay. Um, well, previous to moving to McLean, I actually lived in Perth okay. over in WA. Yep. And the reason that we came out here was, I guess, for a better change of lifestyle. So my husband used to do FIFO work. Yes. And he was doing a four-in-one roster. Okay. And, you know, so he, where, where was he working at the oh, time? He was working in all different places. He worked in Argyle. He worked yep. in Darwin. Yep. Just not actually doing the mining, but actually doing the construction right. side of it. Okay. So my, my daughter's living in Newman at the moment. Oh so wow. She, she has, so she, because I was originally from Perth as well. Okay. So she's got a house in uh, in Perth, um, and her partner was doing FIFO work, mm-hmm. and he's an electrician. But they've actually moved to Newman now, oh, so wow. that he, that, so that they can be together more. Mm. So, yes understand the lifestyle yeah no it um i think having the lifestyle of the fifo family fifo wife fifo husband has lots of you know challenges it's difficult to go from being away for four weeks and then coming home for a week and getting used to the routines that are happening at home completely understand you but i remember in a past life i used to mentor apprentices on mine sites and i remember um being stuck at one site, not being able to fly back to Brisbane. And so um, I'm there in the accommodation village. And even from, you know, just from the dad's point of view, just listening to some of the good night to the children conversations, it was heartbreaking. Like mm-hmm. it, it was really, really tough. Yeah. Um, and I know what it's like, you know, being on the road, uh, when you get back home and you've got a family at home to try and get back in that routine, it's tough. Yeah. Because, you know, all of a sudden there's this new authority figure in the house. All of a sudden, you know, things that they used to do before, um, they can't just do now because they've got other people around them. They've got to think of other people. Yeah, that's true. It does take some time to get used to being back home and then before you know it, you're back at work again. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I said to my husband, you know, it'd be great if we could find something that had a better work-life balance. And he said, well, there's a a position that's come up in a place called Ballina. Do you want to go? I said, yeah, sure, let's go. Where is it? (laughs) Hadn't that's heard the, way, of it. the best way to do it. Yeah. I reckon that's the best way to do it. <laughs> also, we just jumped in feet first and went, yeah. right, we're going to a new place. Let's yeah. check it out. We're going to love it just because we can all be together. So you've got um, young kids as well? Yes, I do. I have a daughter who is just turned six and okay. my son's just turned eight. All right. Yeah, so my, my boys are seven and nine. And yeah, we, we've travelled a bit with them. Yeah. So I think they like the adventure. Oh, for sure. Um, they, they don't appreciate how much packing... No. Um, and how much stuff they've got. <laughs> no, we, um, I came from a rough background myself, so mm. I'm used to moving all the time. Okay. But this was the first major move for our kids. Yeah. And, you know, they love it, love it here. Yeah. They're going to be heartbroken when it's time to go. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. 
So tell me about macrame. How did you get into that? Um, well, I first picked it up probably about 10, 11 years ago, yep. back when I was a, well, previous to doing this, I was actually a visual arts teacher. So right. I worked in a high school oh, teaching kids. And, and for those people that might not know what macrame is, um, <laughs> what is it? Can you describe it for our listeners, please? It is the art of tying knots in a decorative way. So, so. Like, the, like we do in the SES? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's exactly like we do in the like SES. That. So it's like SES work. Okay, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, it's probably less functional than in the SES. Oh, okay. It's probably a bit more <laughs> recreational. Right, right. So it's not to stop you falling off a roof. I get that. No, probably not. Probably <laughs> not. No. And, and, and why? So from visual arts, what was it about that that attracted you? Well, to be honest, moving over here, I had every intention of becoming a teacher again over yep. in New South Wales. But as it turned out, WA and New South Wales are not friends. Yep. And so part of my qualifications weren't recognized coming over. And I thought, well, instead of doing that, you know, it's kind of been nice yeah. being available to my children in the morning and in the afternoon, which I couldn't do as a teacher. So does that mean, does that mean that the New South Wales teachers are stupider or not so <laughs> stupid than WA teachers? No, no, no. I think they are equally qualified. I think that every state thinks that they've got their, crazy, their own best it? version of it. Makes it really difficult to, to move yeah. borders. Yeah, for sure. It's so strange. Uh, you know, and again, going back to SCS, I had the same thing on a move from Queensland to mm. here. Some of my qualifications got recognised, some did not. And I'm thinking, why am I doing this stuff again? I've just done this. Um, it's frustrating for people who, professions that relocate, where you've got that sort of federal limitation there. Yeah, I do find that. I found, you know, just the fact that there's so many hoops to jump after you've already been jumping them yep. in your own state and, and even in other states to then come to another part of the same country and to be told that your qualifications are, you know, That's that you crazy. have to go back to uni and do extra bits. You go, oh, okay, well, let's just see what else we can do with yep. these skills, shall we? And um, I just found that I had some extra time on my hands and I thought, well, I haven't done macrame for a while. Maybe I'll pick it up again. I can see it's back in vogue. That's and cool. yeah, a girlfriend of mine saw some of my work and she said, gee, Mel, you're, you're all right at that. <laughs> you know, you could like start a business. And I went, really? You, you think people would pay for this stuff? Yeah. <laughs> and she goes, yeah, definitely. It's, it's interesting because we have this with a few people who want to make that transition from the thing they're interested in to actually having a financially viable business. Um, and yeah, you can, you, it's easy to earn pocket money with things like that. Yes. But to actually make it viable mm. needs a bit more thought. So what was some of your thought process behind that? Like how, how, did, you, how, how did you plan um, to where it is right now? Or did it just kind of happen organically? Uh, I would say there was some planning to it, but it did start out organically. Yeah. I started it out more as, I guess, a hobby business. Yes. But then I found that, you know, the markets that I was going to and then I was talking to so many people locally and they were saying, you know, do you teach classes? Do yeah. you have workshops? And I said, well, actually, I don't at the moment, but it is something that I thought of. And I was approached by a business in Grafton called Zatton Tea House. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know, Mel, I think you should come to my tea house and run some classes. I think people would really love talking to you and learning yep. how to do this and just connecting with this hands-on fun experience. Nice. And so it went from there. Yeah. Started in Grafton and has since branched out to Lismore and Sapphire Beach and Iluca Emporium, which That's is just around cool. the corner. That's very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. You're not running any Nyamba? 
Not yet. I'm in talks with a couple of venues, so okay. I'm hoping that I'll bring some into Yamba for next year, 2020. Yep. Well, that's exciting. That's exciting. And um, when you wanted to make it bigger and you thought, wow, there's some people interested in this, did you, what's your approach for hitting a new town? Well, I guess the first thing that I do is I'll see if there's any interest online. Um, yep. I have to say that I've been pretty fortunate in that people have actually reached out to me and said, when are you coming to our town? Okay. When are you coming? And I say, oh, you know, you want me to come. Yep. Okay, well, I should probably start going down there and having a look at the different spaces that are yep. available and talk to the different businesses there because part of my business is that it's not just me running the show. I also want to connect with other businesses that are in town and promote what they do yes. while I'm at their venue and make sure that, you know, we're, we're doing a bit of cross promotion yeah. and it's not just a one man or one woman show, should I say. So it's a chance to champion a, a several businesses when we do this. Yes. So I guess I go out and I check out a few venues. I might say, oh, you know, this place looks fantastic. Do their operating hours match up with my operating hours? Go and visit the space, take some photos, and then maybe have a sneaky chat with the manager that's there. Cool. And how long does a course take? Um, well, and they, I'm, I'm thinking from setup to breakdown. Oh, like, from so setup your, to breakdown. Your commitment on site. Okay, on site, I'm there one hour before, yep. and I'm there one hour after. That's not so bad. So, yep. but the whole thing's probably like six hours for a four-hour workshop okay. on site, but yep. that doesn't include traveling, traveling from McLean. And also prep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Prep takes all week, you know, cutting the ropes, making sure everything's perfect, cutting yeah. the wood, sanding it all back so you don't get splinters. Yes. It's all nice and ready to go. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, the response looking at your Facebook page has been fantastic. I think that the, the people have really enjoyed doing it. And if you're in town next year, um, I'm going to have a go. I'm excited about it. Oh, I'm going to hold you to that now. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to have a go. Um, because my walls are looking very bare in my unit at the moment. So I need some stuff. Oh, I would love to see you <laughs> at a if, workshop. And if I could make one myself, that would be extra cool. So I might well have to do that. Oh, you know what, though? <laughs> I think the men will actually give the women a run for their money. I've had a couple of men come to the workshops. There yeah. was a husband and wife that came through and he ended up helping her quite a lot. And all yeah. the other women was just, you know, they went, oh, this is so <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's very cool. No, we'll, we'll definitely do that. So um, the business that you've got right now, why is it do you think that your clients, your customers like the process so much? I think that the process of coming to a workshop is not, it's not just about learning how to do macrame or learning how to do a craft, but it's also a chance to take time out of your week yep. and get away from the everyday and, you know, take time for yourself yep. and not have to think about what's for dinner or mm -hmm. I've got to do these uniforms or any of the usual everyday tasks that you do. When you come out to a workshop, you have a chance to just think about the task that's on hand and connect with friends or even connect with new people nice. and like learn, learn something for yourself, yeah. you know, making time for yourself, to be honest. I know I have lots of people who get, who buy bikes from me and it's not about the bike. What they want is just the ability to just to go to the beach and sit and chill and do it quietly without thinking about the rest of the day and school pickup and all that sort of stuff. Absolutely. So, yeah, I do get that. Um, 
So when it comes to, now you've got a hobby, which has become a business, what was some of the learning that you had to go through as a business owner to make all of that stuff kind of work? To be honest, I, I have found it really a bit challenging and there's been a lot of thought that I've had to put into it. I don't have a business background, so I'm yep. learning a lot on my feet. And there's been lots of trial and error, but you know, doing things like factoring in the costs of things, yes. you know, no one realizes just how expensive macrame can be and the cost of insurance and the cost of catering mm -hmm. and the cost of the tools and the materials and things that you need to maintain. And, you know, you might think, yeah, okay, well, once you buy it the first time, you, you kind of like you have it. Why are we having to pay for all of this stuff? Well, you know, breakages do happen. Yeah. You do need to maintain things. You need yeah. to make sure it's all fresh and ready to go. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess factoring those costs into it and I guess trying to show people that it's not just your backyard hobby, but I'm taking it seriously as yeah. well as, as a viable business because yeah. I don't, I love teaching, but I have really enjoyed the freedom that working for myself has given me, having the freedom to- Did you go to, back to teaching? <sighs> like if, if someone offered you a position and said, yeah, we, we've heard what you do. We'd like you to come and join <laughs> us on staff. Oh, uh, you know what? I, I really love teaching. I love connecting with people. And I do yeah. miss that about working with kids, like working in a high school setting. But I think it would be really hard to go back to it after doing something that I've enjoyed just so much. Yeah, yeah. No, I do get that. I do understand. <laughs> so when it comes to running your business as a business, what are the aspects of that other than execution of your main thing, which is delivering your courses? Um, what are other aspects that you enjoy? So you think about, you know, the way, the way you market it, the way you sell it, actually getting the sale. Let me see. You know, when I first started doing this business, I, I never really intended to be part of the product. I actually wanted it just to be about the finished product yeah. and the macrame and that people could just really enjoy it for its form and not worry too much about what it's all about. But I found that since since taking it a step further and making it into a business, I've enjoyed the challenges of, you know, sharing my story yep. and connecting with people and showing them the reasons why I enjoy it so much. And yeah, I guess I just framing it in a way that shows people why I love it so much yeah. and, and sharing that with them and helping them to love it too. Cool. So I, I think you must, you're probably one of those intuitive people that frames things in a way that people actually just get. Because I totally want to try it out. <laughs> like, totally want to do it. So, <laughs> well, I'm glad, I'm glad. So, if you think of your, the way you run your business, what aspects of, of running the business as a business don't you enjoy so much? Oh, that's a hard one. You know, um, just recently I've been going to these, I guess, mentoring business seminars and learning a little bit more about running running things as a business mm -hmm. and marketing and branding. I found I found it to be a real challenge actually, some aspects of it, such yeah. as getting in front of a camera and, and speaking to people. Yeah, now we've spoken that. about this because I think you're a natural and you don't give yourself enough credit. So. <laughs> I, I, I feel I feel I'm very lucky that 
I smile when I'm nervous. <laughs> and so it may not come across as, as that. But yeah. yeah, you know, there are rituals that I have to go through before I'm able to post something up like that. Well, because as a teacher, I'm sure you've heard of the, I think it's 55, 38, 7 percentage split between um, communication is not just the words, but a huge percentage of that, 55% of it is your body language, which means what the whole visual impression is. 38% um, is your tonality and only 7% is the words. That, that is actually true. And to be honest, one of the challenges that I've found is <laughs> I've had to think about the way I say things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it doesn't come across. You either hide it incredibly well or you're just a natural on the camera. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank and, you. And of course, I'm not seeing the 80 runs of, of practice um, practice videos before you put one up. No, but. no, no. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's weird because we all approach businesses and there's some things that we really, really like doing and some things we don't like doing. So I, I, I don't mind doing little bits of video. Mm. Um, what I hate doing is my bookwork. And, and yeah. all of my accounting... I really don't enjoy it. I mean, luckily, I've got a nice bookkeeper who helps me out now. <laughs> <laughs> but I needed to be um, dragged, kicking and screaming to, to realize that I actually needed the help yep. to get to that next level. Yeah, yeah. Because, um, uh. you know, you, you try and do it all on your own because it keeps the costs down. Mm -hmm. But you realize, well, maybe I'm holding myself back because I'm not the expert in this particular field. And I think bookkeeping is one of those things for me. Yeah, and to be honest, that is something that I thought of as well. Um, the bookkeeping side of it is not so bad for me, mm. but I would, I would love to find a way to sort of streamline some of my processes, especially when it comes to booking into a workshop yes. um, for people. I know that, you know, when I deal with people on an individual basis, I'm making sure that I'm finding out what colours they would like to mm. use. I'm finding out if they have any allergies or if they have any injuries or things that I need to know about. Yep. I also need to find out, you know, if if they have any limitations, you mm. know, are they going to be able to get access to the space, yep. things like that. And just, just keeping on top of it and making people feel reassured about the experience that they're going to have. Cool. Definitely. Yeah. Um, if you were to advise someone who's thinking about taking their hobby and making a business out of it, um, what are some of the things that you've worked out along the way? If, if I could speak to myself when I very first started mm -hmm. this, I would say think about the things that you really enjoy and, and find a way to keep doing that and share it with people in a way that they realize that they need it to. Yep. Yeah. Highlight, highlight what it is that it brings to your life and show people that it can be part of their life as well. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Nice. So um, anything else in terms of setting up a business? I think it's a good idea to do some research. Yep. I think it's good to have people that you look up to, people who are already in the business and and find out what it is that makes you tick about their business and what is it that you see that you think they do really well yep. and that you are aspiring to, I guess, achieve. Like, is it to do with the content that they post? Is it to do with the quality of the work that they're putting up? Is it just, just 
every little thing. And you find that so many different businesses have different strengths and different weaknesses. So it's good to have more than one person to look up to. It's yeah. good to, to look at a few different people. And we all have different, you know, we, we all bring different things to the table. Yes. And then you figure out yourself, right, which of these things is for me? And and you do your best to do your own version of it. Yep. Yeah, not, not necessarily, definitely not to copy, but to take inspiration from those around you. You can learn a lot. Yeah, I think you can. And you just got to frame it for your own, for your own product and what you're trying to do. I Absolutely. Think. Have you noticed any difference with running or a business from a place like Yamba or McLean compared with if you were living in the city? Like there are some things you got to do differently. To be honest, I feel that the location has been a huge advantage for me mm. living here. I found that the community is just so open and, and interested to see what's happening. I think there's so much connection between people here, whereas I guess when I lived in the suburbs, you know, back in suburbia, yep. it was really uncommon to know your, even your next door neighbours yep. or and maybe not to have those those connections with the businesses that were there. I think people will just be in and out, whereas now living in this area, people are interested to know more about, you know, who, who you are and what you do and, and what, what they can do to connect with you. And it's so true. I think it's not just about your product though, it's actually about you, the person. I think people actually genuinely want to know more, more about you. It's not so much in a, in a nosy way. I think they just, I think they just care, so. I found that to be true, like yeah. incredibly true actually. We've, we've really enjoyed living in the area and, and just meeting so many different people. Like yeah. it's, it's been fantastic. Very cool. What are some of the pitfalls of running a business in a sea change area? Uh, honestly, I think it can be really hard to get supplies in, yep. um, products, you know, shipping time can be a bit of a challenge sometimes, especially if you need something in a hurry, you can't yes. necessarily just so true. run out there and get the things that you want. You're going, oh, it's actually going to come all the way from the other side of the country or, or sometimes even the, the other side of the world. And because we live in a rural area. Yep. We're not near like a major port. It's still got to pass through those ports and still make its, it's way to us. Absolutely. Yeah, stuff, stuff does take longer. I, I tell my customers it's in the hands of the freight gods. Yes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> that is so true. I think it, it's, it, it does bring its own rewards though because we, we've got, I think, access to a whole lot of things that people in the cities don't have, which leads me to my next question. What do you do when you're not doing this? Like, what do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? You know, I and really... You, you could say, well, I do my business for fun. <laughs> <laughs> my business is fun. Yeah. I have so much fun doing my business. But um, when I'm not doing, when I'm not working, not doing macrame, I really enjoy spending time with my family. Yep. You know, we love going out four-wheel driving and just cool. checking out all the different beaches and just visiting new places, going bushwalking and just, yeah, like I'm really enjoying being with my children and being with my husband. Yep. Yeah. Very cool. Now, have you got something coming up? I saw you did a little post um, in the last day or so that people should know about. Well, it's funny that you should mention that because I have a few new workshops that are coming out mm -hmm. at the beginning of next year. The first one of which is going to be at the Clarence Kitchen Collective in Grafton. Yep. That's going to be falling on the 18th of January. And we're actually going to be doing a very brand new workshop, which oh, is nice. to make a shoulder bag. How exciting. Yes, it is very exciting. How exciting. Um, and if people want to connect with you in your workshops, 
What's the best way to do that? The and very how can they best see way. what you do? <laughs> the very best way is actually to jump on Facebook. So yeah. at the moment, I don't have a website up and running, but I'm hoping to have that up and ready to go by Feb next year. That's my deadline. But the best way to connect with me is actually on Facebook. So if you jump on Facebook, yep. jump in the search bar, type in Miko Macrame, two separate words, you will find me there um, and just send me a message or just scroll through the newsfeed and you can see images and pictures of what I get up to or even have a browse through the past events because I put lots of pictures and information in those. It gives you an idea of where I run my workshops, how long they take and what the costs are and what cool. you can expect to do. And you're also, you've also got a nice Instagram page, haven't you? Yes, I do. And yeah. it's the same, it's the same um, way to find it. Just do the search on, on Miko? Yeah. If you actually just jump on Instagram and type in Miko Makame, all yep. is one one word, Yep. I should come up straight away. All right, well, I will put links for both of those in the show notes for sure. Um, thank you for making the time to come and have a chat with me. Thank you for having <laughs> me. It was, uh, it was really fun having a chat with you. Um, so this is Michael from the Sea Change Business Podcast and, and uh, Bike Shop Yamba. Uh, chatting today with Mel Orams from Miko Macrame. Have a fantastic Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Thank you for listening. All right. Bye-bye.